0: On the Frontlines podcast. I am Dan check your host. Um, sorry about last week. I did realize that I forgot to mention that I wasn't going to be recording. It was my wife and I's wedding anniversary um, that week, along with um, just a bunch of kid stuff going on. And I honestly just didn't have time. So I apologize for that. But we're back this week. Um, one thing I want to tackle with everyone as far as a topic is one that's kind of near and dear to my heart is uh Why fear based management sucks. Um, (laughs) So, we're going to explore. You know, obviously, on on this podcast, we kind of explore and look at um, effective management strategies and and leadership principles. This is one that I I really, really want to focus on. I know I've mentioned it in in a few different episodes. I kind of want to put a little more of a focus on it this week. So, we're going to dive into the topic again. Fear-based management and why it doesn't work. Uh, fear-based management as a whole is is a very prevalent approach, and a lot of leaders use it honestly, sometimes without even realizing it. Or they see a positive um, impact initially, so they they kind of fall into the pattern of, of utilizing fear-based. Um, fear-based management. However, uh, research me—research actually shows um, and experience has shown that the approach is really ineffective. And actually, it's detrimental to both employee well-being and organizational success. There's actually a really cool article. Um, I'll, I'll put the link in um, the the notes of the podcast. But the website uh, worklife.news put out an article on this um late last year in november and one of the things in there that i thought was very interesting is that fear-based leaders lose an estimated about 10 hours a week in productivity um if you look at and you can kind of break that down to to your your specific um workers but if you really look at how that's per person right um you know so you're losing billions per year potentially um if not thousands of dollars um you know per week just from trying to utilize fear-based management you know and and don't get me wrong fear can be a good energizer right it can be kind of a, a good little nudge but overall i mean if we're talking about um you know how much energy people can gain from it it's it's pretty limited um it should be only utilized honestly when when only when it's specifically necessary um So to kind of kick it off, let's let's look at the reasons why people look at fear-based management tactics. Um, one of the main reasons is that or why these fail, excuse me. One of the main reasons is that it creates a negative work environment as a whole. So overall, you're you're creating, you know, this this stigma within your team. You're you're creating this this like Johnny Rain cloud effect, if you will, amongst everyone who works with you. Um, when employees are are constantly living in fear, uh, their creativity, motivation, productivity—they uh, all suffer, and, and it really suppresses innovation and collaboration, um, and could lead really just to stagnation in um, a toxic workplace culture. Because what you're not you're not motivating people by positive or incentive or anything else. You're um, you know you're just doing it out of straight fear. Um and I think this is a really good point. And it's not just the negative impact on on the employees. Um fear-based management also hinders like long-term uh organizational success and um you know employees who are being led in this manner um are more likely to leave your job and you know high turnover rates is a terrible thing for for any company. Um you know I know when I was in operations, specifically, the goal was under, well, 30%, you know, or under was the goal. And even that is high if you're looking at more of a, you know, office-related turnover percentage. Operations, typically, you have a frontline employee, so um, those, honestly, are kind of a dime a dozen to a certain effect, but um, really, you know, having high turnover rates, turnover is not only going to affect morale of your team. But it's also gonna incur significant costs um, for hiring and training replacements. And I think that's like that's something a lot of, of managers don't understand is that if you have high turnover rates, you know, just in general, you need to look at the cost. How much does it actually cost to hire an employee? And and everyone's like, well, it only costs me, you know, X amount, but you have to calculate in there the training process too. Because they're, until they're a full-fledged independent employee, they're still costing the organization money. Um, and so by, you know, again, leading with fear, you're going to have more turnover. Because why would you start a job? Re- like you're, you're, you're more apt to leave a job if you just started and you're like, wow, all this person tries to do is make me feel like I'm going to lose my job by utilizing fear. Um, or that like a benefits going to be taken away from or, or things are changing within the employment agreement. So, um, you know, and two, you know, fear based management creates a culture of compliance rather than commitment. Right. You're not you're not creating a culture. You're not, you know, motivating your team to do better. They're just being compliant with what you're asking. And really, they're going to be um, just giving you the bare minimum. Um you know the focus at that point is avoiding punishment than actively contributing to the organization's goals you know and there's i think there's still out there some older uh generations that are like good you know, they're, that they really kind of fall on the side of like, they should always be fearful. And I think that's terrible. I don't think <laughs> you should be always be looked at as replaceable. I think we all bring unique value to our jobs. And um, if your leaders aren't capable of seeing that, then they're terrible leaders. I'll be the first to tell you that. Um, so the the compliance based approach, it really stifles that creativity um, problem solving and ultimately hampers uh, in, in innovation and growth because if you have people who are only focusing on being compliant due to being led by fear, why would they you know stick their neck out on being creative? Why would they take it upon themselves to problem solve when that could potentially cause more fear? to be unleashed on them, whether that be goals or if you don't hit your goals, then this is going to happen, things like that. Um, And I think that's a really, really good point. Um, So, you know, now that we've talked about those things and and some of the negative things that can happen due to fear-based management, I think it's important to talk about alternative approaches um, and, and to effective leadership in this kind of situation. So, um, and, and this is going to be kind of repetitive to, to what I've talked about, but I think it's very important. Um, you need to, to create a culture of psychological safety. And I kind of is like, whoa, I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> Things like that. But really, I mean, it's crucial to creating um, an environment where employees feel safe, right? To take risks, to voice their opinions, collaborate to fail, and then learn from their failures. Um, you know, when employees feel that safety, especially in their workplace where they're spending, to be honest, the majority of their, their life, um, you know, they're more likely to contribute their best work to collaborate effectively um, and share those innovative ideas where they're not going to if they feel like they might be punished for doing so. Um, and that takes a lot. I mean, that takes a lot from, you know, a management perspective, because if you're, for one, if you're collaborating or, or sharing ideas, you know, you have to be minding your P's and Q's on your responses to your employees. Like, are you being, you know, rude? Are you being open to ideas? Maybe during, and this happened to me a couple times, maybe during an, a, a like a brainstorm session or even just a collaboration with a project that's been started. Maybe you come to find that your original idea isn't the best that's, you know, that's sometimes a hard pill to swallow, especially as a person who's in a management position. But I think by swallowing that pill, it makes you look even better because you're open and you're fostering that, that idea that it's okay to talk about these things. Um, And it allows you to, you know, listen to your employees. You can, at that point, provide constructive feedback you can empower them to kind of take ownership of that particular work that they're doing you can give them more independence and responsibility and not only like in the sense like of of giving more responsibility with the same pay that's not really what we're talking about here but i mean for me if i was able to kind of be like you know puff my chest up a little bit and be like this was my baby or this was my thing and you know it was difficult to work through, but now look what I created. That type of ownership really helps create, you know, employees that are going to be more productive just because um, because they're they feel important to their manager because their manager recognizes what they're what the value they're bringing to the team. I mean, who doesn't really who doesn't like that? You know, it makes you feel important and, and it's everyone likes to feel important to some to a certain extent. Um, so, again, it, it fosters a sense of trust with you, um, accountability and growth. You know, it, it's, it's really all positive things. Um, the accountability aspect, I think, is really cool because. And I think it's kind of a, a unique way to look at accountability, because by offering the safety to express ideas and and collaborate with others or even just fail and things like that it creates this dialogue and this comfortability with one another so if there is a significant you know failure or something where accountability does need to be um you know instituted at that point it's a lot easier of a conversation for one and then for two you can utilize that as a learning experience too so i mean it's it's kind of like you know, some things just have to be done due to rules that are set in place regarding accountability. And I think by having that that safety um, amongst your employees, that it makes it, it brings the drama down a bit with with that accountability. You know, and additionally with this, and this kind of ties into what I was just talking about. Effective communication, obviously, is going to build. Um, uh, a positive work environment. It always does. There's, there's no. You cannot convince me that you can't, or that you can over communicate. It's not possible. Um, communication within your team, within other teams. Like there's no. Like I will fight to the death on this hill. On you cannot over communicate. Um, and realistically, leaders should encourage open and transparent communication, um, not just between themselves and their employees but within the separate teams everything it should be very open and transparent Um, and feedback is this is more so between you and your employees it should flow freely where ideas are welcomed you know obviously you don't want to be questioned on every single thing that you do but I think it's important for your employees to understand the why behind the what Meaning, you need to do this, and here is why. Um, You know the. You know again, it really goes just back to if you're just promoting dialogue of collaboration and creativity, um, and that gives your employees a sense of belonging. Because if they're sitting there doing a job and they don't understand why they're doing it, it's very easy to create resentment for that job. Um, Understanding and taking the time to to talk about and focus on um the why i think is is just so important with with tasks no matter how menial because they it might be very important but they don't know how important or what it affects and it could be so simple to them and so you know just unimportant but has importance to you if you don't take the time to explain why um you can't expect them to take it as seriously or with such importance Um, you know, one of the things, you know, I want to do, you know, as we wrap up this week's episode is kind of summarize the key takeaways um, as a why, again, fear-based tactics don't work. Um, you know, it creates a negative work environment. It erodes trust. Um, it leads to, to high employee turnover. <clears throat> you know, taking the alternate approaches that we talked about, fostering um, that culture of psychological safety coaching and supporting your employees um, and promoting that effective communication between your employees and you your employees and each other and your employees and other teams I think is very important um, you know by implementing all these things you know you're gonna really create a positive and productive work environment going back to what I said before I mean you're lo- if you're losing 10 hours of productivity just think of how much more could be getting done if you just stopped threatening your people um i think that if you're looking at productivity drops and that's how you're you're managing your people because that's all you got you really need to to take a hard look in the mirror as far as how to get people motivated and working so um yeah so thank you for listening i, I really enjoy um I really enjoy uh, talking about how, how fear-based management fails, uh, and and how they don't work. I hope you found it informative and, and thought-provoking. Um, you know, I would love to hear your feedback on, on anything that I said on here. So feel free to, you know, uh, add me on Instagram or follow me on Instagram. Add me on uh, X um, or or on my YouTube, whichever you want to jump on. Leading on the front lines is the the handle for the Instagram and YouTube. Uh, leading the front for X, formerly known as Twitter. So again, Dan Hornacek leading the front lines. Glad to be back after a week off. You guys have a great day.